Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to KFI AM 640 On Demand. In life, things are going to come your way. It's interesting, and I've heard this before by people that say Christianity should come with a warning. The assumption is that everything in any faith, the moment you apply yourself and the faith is there, that all will be fine, that all becomes magically healed. And that's not what faith is about. It's not to say that you don't have better tools. You do. If you do it right, you have better tools and you equip yourself with better tools to be able to deal with the trials and things that come your way. Building those tools is a, a life of reading scripture, understanding prayerfully reading scripture and coming to understanding of what it has to offer. And tools are a great thing if you know how to use them, if you know their purpose and what way they're supposed to be used and how they might be misused. And unfortunately, the Bible itself is really about relationships. Even the Ten Commandments, when you break them down, are pretty much 50-50 humankind's relationship with God and humankind's relationship with each other. Well, there are tools in your tool belt that are human. Family members, uh, friends, pastors, spiritual leaders. But understanding how to utilize their wisdom or apply it to your life becomes a secondary part. It's not just that they're in your life because you can abuse them or you can use them for things that might not be appropriate. And that tends to be the easy way of dealing with problems is just to go to a friend that you know is good at solving them and kind of throw the weight onto their lap. That's not to say that friends aren't there and purposeful and you are probably that friend to somebody as well. And in that process, there is a reciprocation of skills. So the reality is knowing that you have tools, step one, knowing how to use them, step two, and not putting yourself into a situation where you're actually breaking or misusing them out of haste and then they won't be useful. I think there's a lot of people that have worked with tools. And the joke is you can fix anything with a hammer as long as it's a big enough hammer. Hammer is probably one of the most misused tools. And then the next would be any other tool that's not a hammer that's used as a hammer. And likewise, going through the tools that you have in your life 
and utilizing them in a proper way is what's going to give you the best turnout. What are you accountable for? First and foremost, you're accountable for where you are in your faith. Are you building yourself up? Are you strengthening your ideas and understanding? Imagine if someone, rather than working out or learning how to defend themselves, just surrounded themselves with people that did. And, I mean, that happens a lot. That happens with politicians and celebrities. They don't want to know all that stuff. They don't want to take the time. So they get somebody who does to guard their body. Well, guarding your body is the mutual responsibility between you and your God. And the third responsibility would be the other people in your life. In a society, the best thing is that everybody is looking out for each other, but that's not always the case. Finding your own strength and your own wisdom is what scripture is for, is what fellowship is for. It's what coming together, asking questions and poking at each other is for. That is how you dedicate yourself to being better. And scripture's filled with it, filled with ways to guide you if you let it. Looking for the signs and the marks of God. I've seen so many people go, often it's in relationship. Oh, but I met him or her at this particular time, and I just knew it. I knew God was there. And sure, God's in a lot of things. But it is interesting that sometimes there are red flags that are ignored because people think that the circumstance was right. Well, I met him at church. Meeting someone at church doesn't mean they're the one, by the way. A lot of mix-up in, in that situation. It's more important to understand what you're looking for and seeking that than it is just find a find them in a special place. Church sometimes can be the worst place to find somebody. I know that sounds odd coming from me, but sometimes it's wrapped up in the spiritual connection and they forget about the individual needs of each other and the specifics of the circumstance rather than the magic, the feel of magic and must-have because we're doing it here in a spiritual place. And we, as we've been talking about storms, both the real weather storms that are going on in Southern California right now, very unusual. In addition to that, the spiritual storms that people go through, the trials and tribulations. And I wanted to move towards a term that is said and used often and now is mocked. And it's mocked because of the application, for one, and two, the misunderstanding by people in the secular world as to what it even means. And that phrase is something you hear when there's a devastating fire, when there's a devastating storm, 
when there is a mass shooting incident, and that is thoughts and prayers. And I wanted to break it down a little bit because it is a term that's used and now mocked. But do people really understand what it means? Of course, if you don't believe in God, then prayer does nothing. And thoughts to people don't mean anything either. So the frustration comes that it's a phrase that's used that people believe have it has no value. So even in the infamous Urban Dictionary, they refer to it as an expression of indifference to, tra- to tragedy intended to see empathetic. I know you want action. I know you want things to end, but I'm going to send thoughts and prayers. So it's polite, but they think it's a polite way of saying, I don't care. And if it was that, I would agree. It comes with zero power. It comes with nothing of value. But what is thoughts and prayers anyways? There's a pattern that should be in every person's heart, and that is to care. Whether you can do something or not, is to care about others, have empathy and sympathy when needed, and to hold someone in your heart. Even further, producer Neil likes to root for people, and oftentimes they're people he doesn't know He'll see someone running, maybe challenging themselves, and he quietly roots for them. Now, that may mean nothing to some people, but I believe that that positive attitude towards others and rooting and wanting them to win, I think is actually quite powerful in life. It Negativity builds up, and I'm not talking about some sort of the secret or name it and claim it. And if you, you're trying to manifest something, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And of course with prayer, prayer is an action. It's only an action that some people don't believe in that makes it a problem. But I assure you to those that believe in prayer and has seen the the power therein. That is not an empty statement by any stretch of the imagination. I wanted to finish out on the thoughts and prayers thing. When everybody knows what thoughts mean, and everybody thinks they know what prayers mean, but to a believer, somebody of faith, they actually do have power. It's unfortunate that when these terms are used by a politician or a celebrity, that they come across as empty. To the believer, what is being said is very powerful. And imagine a phone call and you told somebody, uh, you know, thoughts and a phone call. It doesn't really mean anything unless you're calling someone who can help. 
Well, to the believer, prayers are that connection with someone they they know in their faith can help. It has been co-opted so that, and this is just the way the enemy works. It's been co-opted by celebrities that do maybe have or don't have faith and politicians that may or may not have faith. And in doing so, it's made it watered down. It's like the term, God bless you. It, it becomes a salutation rather than the weight of the actual statement. May the God of all the eternal, righteous, and holy one bequeath unto you things of need, things of stability. I mean, that's the reality, what you're saying, but then it becomes, oh, well, see ya, God bless you. You know, even in Spanish, the term adios, people hear it and it's just goodbye, but it's not, it's with God, it's, it's got God right in the root of the saying, but we forget those meanings. And it becomes just, see you later. And words are important, but what they mean, what they actually mean, is the most important. And if they don't mean something to someone, they won't hear, hear it that way. So just throwing out thoughts and prayers sounds empty. It sounds like something you say when you can't or won't or don't care enough to do something. And it stinks that we have to change our faith and understanding because people don't get it. But there's other ways to to do it, to, to let people know that you're thinking about them and rooting for them. And that if they are people of faith, you will be praying for them and actualizing that faith by looking into services, studying about the situation, educating yourself in a way that would be helpful. It's not just those things. It's not just something that you leave there. But they're not empty words to a true believer. And just because you hear them through the mouth of somebody who might see them as empty and just a holding space doesn't mean they're empty. And as a matter of fact, to the believer who believes their God listens, to say, hey, I'm going to lift up a phone call to God is very powerful. But people don't hear it anymore. 
People are simply about themselves. Everybody thinks it's got to only be within. You have to lie, cheat, and steal to get what you want and or need for your family, for friends, for your own amusement, rather than truly connecting with the Creator. Some of the most violent and ugly moments we have, whether it is road rage or someone wanting to take something from a local grocer, whatever it might be. And then it used to be that the the thief or the driver that made the mistake would know. But now there's an entitlement. No, I, I'm allowed this stuff. Smash and grab... Maybe somebody who was in an altercation on the road. Well, they cut me off. Okay, so they are one car length ahead of you. And that is worthy of death or the possibility of maiming or harming someone. That kind of demanding attitude, that type of singular focus, you and you alone, it will always be bad. I don't expect people who care only about themselves to wallow in their own misery or what they're losing or what they don't have or comparing themselves to someone else. I will never, ever expect them to understand the truth behind a term like thoughts and prayers. But sadly, it's too late. In many ways, the enemy has tarnished it. And that's the rule book of the enemy, is to take the things that have power and mock them. And in doing so, weaken them. has no power. The assumption now is that prayer has no power. How does that happen? How does a direct connection with a personal God giving guidance and hearing those thoughts, how did that become invaluable? Keep in mind, as the the world works through the enemy and the desire to water down, mock, or make these things silly, that the value is still there for those of us that believe, and we still need to not just use the terms, but explain why they're helpful. Now, my producer, Neil, tells people all the time, whether he knows them or not, that he's rooting for them. They may not know what that means, and they may think he's a nut, Probably wouldn't be far off. But he does it because he feels led to do it. Sometimes they're people he works with. Sometimes they're perfect strangers. Sometimes they can be entertainers. Politicians. Just rooting for someone. Rooting for them to hear the words 
of God, rooting for them to be the best they can be, rooting for them to find what they're looking for, just caring for one another. We can't let the good things that we stand for get co-opted and disbanded by the secular world. Greg, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Good morning, Jesus. Hi. How can I help you? So glad you're back. It feels like Easter Sunday. <laughs> well, we'll have more and more of this, I assure you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my problem is I, I have a terrible relationship with you, and I'm wondering how I can improve that. Well, you just did. I mean, just by picking up the phone and and making that statement, you did. So let's let's look at a couple of things, Greg. Why why do you think you have a a terrible relationship with God? I don't uh, I don't pray like I should. Uh, I don't go to church anymore. I haven't been to church in years. I grew up in a a very religious household, and we went to church every Sunday. My parents were uh, very involved in this, the church, and um, I'm just kind of, I've kind of dropped the ball. Um, part of it is I have uh, Tourette syndrome, which causes me some some social anxiety. So it's it's uh, wearing, it's taxing for me to to actually. Uh, be around and interact with people and stuff. So uh, by the weekend, I'm usually pretty tired and stuff. Um, well, probably not a great... how does your, uh, Greg, how does your Tourette's manifest with physical tics or uh, audible? What are, what are some of the ways that it manifests? Both. Um, there is physical um, and um Involuntary movements of my head. Um, I control the. I can pretty much control the verbal tics, um, but it's hard, it, and it, it's it does it, it. It's tiring to do that, but um, um, yeah. Well, church is important. I mean, we've gotten people saying that this is their church, and I remind them all the time, this is not church because this isn't a body of connection. There's no, you don't meet other people, you don't get to fellowship, so it's a little different. This is more like a a learning opportunity or classes based on real human questions and circumstances. However, it doesn't mean that there aren't ways to it get fed first and foremost via technology these days there are a lot of churches where you can go in through a computer and watch the sermon there are other ways to connect with believers i think that's important maybe for you instead of being in a massive situation where everybody's going to church, maybe on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Thursday, there's a Bible study that's with smaller groups 
that you can connect with. Prayer is going to be important and really picking up scripture and reading. And those things you can do to just take the time, maybe start in the Gospels and take the time to remind yourself of the Word of God and pray before you open it that God allows you to see things differently or understand something that maybe you hadn't in the past when you read. Whatever it might be, every relationship is the same, Greg. The more time you put into it, the more you will get out of it. Yes, and I'm really dropping the ball on that part. I haven't I haven't read um, the Bible in in years. Um, really no excuse. Oh, humanity is humanity. There's no need for an excuse. Things things fall by the wayside. People get busy. Other priorities come up, and they get overloaded. I get it. So what I'm asking you is not to, you know, go through the entirety of book or something, but just pick it up, start in Matthew, and just read about the story of my ministry and let yourself kind of sink into that for now, George, Greg, and to be a part of that. And that's all you need to do for right now. Pray. Say, Lord, help me see things that you want me to learn from Scripture. Open it up and read. And if you get stuck on a word or a term, look it up. And you'll through that process, you'll connect again. And then you call back and let me know where you're at. And we'll see what else we can shuffle into the mix. And then sooner or later, church will come in a way that's hopefully convenient or Bible study or something where you can get the fellowship and get fed. Which version, which version of the Bible do you recommend? Oh, there are, there are many, uh, as far as what my producer reads, he is a fan of the new American standard. So the new American standard is his study Bible. And that's what he enjoys because of the accuracy and the plain language. But the NIV is also nice and solid reading. If you get yourself a study Bible, even better, because study Bibles will have maps in there and other things that you can take a look at that will help you understand more and more about uh, Scripture and everything else that comes with it. And I hope that's helpful to you, Greg. KFI AM 640, on demand. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.